It's week number three of Voice of the Fans, sir. How's your weekend, man? Oh, it was fantastic. Can't complain. Well, that's good to hear, man. That's good to hear. Mr. Cleavon, what a weekend it was, man. Uh, what a weekend we it was. Football season always takes twists and turns. Sometimes you don't know what's uh, going on, and we don't know what we don't know, right? One, yeah, we figure it, we figure it out as we go through the season. Yeah, one thing um, I think you and I can both agree on coming into the season that uh, offensive line of Seattle Seahawks is going to be pretty shaky. Never mind the challenges they have on the defense and the departures there. Um, they having a youth movement, youth movement clearly, but um, this project now that's been going on with the Seattle Seahawks offensive line for the last four years um is it is can you give me some insight on this what's going on there sure initially we had a, a gentleman named tom cable that was uh famous for trying to turn uh basketball players uh tight ends into offensive linemen um he had a pretty good track record kind of you know piecing together some offensive lines but ultimately, it just didn't pan out here. And so we changed and went in a different direction, hired a, a gentleman named uh, Mr. Solari to run the offensive line. It's supposed to be a little bit more about leverage as opposed to what gap you're in, not so much, uh, you know, zone blocking. Um, but the results have not been any better. Um, at times, they look adequate. They never look good. Um, and at times, they let you know, dominant pass rushers, you know, defensive player of the year type players just completely run over them and obliterate them. Um, you know, we've seen so far in the first two weeks, Von Miller just had his way with uh, uh, Jermaine Ofedi and the rest of the offensive line. And then we saw on Monday night, Khalil Mack, very similar. So uh, it's not like it gets any easier, especially playing in the NFC West with players like Aaron Donald and, and Dominican Sue and Chandler Jones and Solomon Thomas. So, offensive line is certainly a question and uh, a work in progress, which shouldn't be at this point. I mean, you, you know that you have a franchise quarterback. You've seen what he can do if you give him some protection and you know a, a staunch defense and a solid running game. I mean, he can take it to the Super Bowl, take it there twice. So. You already know what the formula is. It's just a matter of plug and play. And right now, they're just not plugging in the right players, Cam. Um, and, 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 and this goes one – this is diametrically opposed to what anybody thought of Pete Carroll and the regime just three years ago. Thought they can get the players, coach them up, put them in the right position, and get them to play. But what we see now is, is, is maybe that was a, a wealth of talent that they've uh, fell into. And um, they are they trying to duplicate that? Because with their draft picks, we see Penny got some carries on the the other day. But what about the the rest of their draft picks? I know they picked up Clark, who's uh, replaced Irvin from a couple years ago. But Clark is a, is a player. But they, I think they, he was a free agent when they picked him up. They didn't draft him, do they? Oh, excuse me, they did draft him. They drafted him early. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, I think what we're seeing here is that, as we've discussed many times on the show, that Pete Carroll coming out of college firmly had his finger on the pulse of college football. So his ability to assess talent was on just a much higher level than anyone else. Or, or, I mean, or, you're getting or, or, guys. Maybe just was he just familiar with that talent pool, and now he's not as familiar with the talent pool, making these decisions of drafting a little bit tougher. May that be the case? Right. So that that was his gift. That was his advantage coming out. Is that a lot of the top talent he had seen firsthand. He had sat right. in their living room. He had watched them on film. And so once it got to the point where, oh, wow, you let Richard Sherman fall in the fifth round. Oh, wow. You didn't even draft Doug Baldwin. Oh, wow. So he's, you know, oh, wow. Joey Browner, who left SC, went to Oregon State. Oh, wow. It's easy to pick those guys and bring them in and implement them into a system, which is something that you kind of had already envisioned for them in the first place. And so once you kind of have that, you know, spreadsheet, so to speak, of of people that you want to go and see or people that other people just don't know about as in-depth as you do, then you have a distinct advantage. But lately, it's been a lot of swing and misses. I mean, the Effetti swing and miss, you know, we'll just say it. Uh, the, the defensive lineman from Michigan State, they drafted last year, falling off, hitting his head on the ATV, never, ever played it down in the league. Um, Amari Darbo has been cut by several teams. Um, so they haven't been hitting pay dirt like they have in the past. Um, I'm not quite sure how to correct that. I know the philosophy of Pete Carroll and John Schneider has always been to trade down and get more picks so that you have an opportunity to address more of your needs at once. But lately they haven't, they haven't been as successful as they were in the past. So it's starting to haunt them, and especially on the offensive line and uh, at the wide receiver position. They just don't have anyone that can get separation. I mean, I've said that in the year they went to the Super Bowl, they really didn't have a wide receiver. Um, it, Pedestrian receivers, as uh, Deion Sanders yeah, called them, yeah. and that, that label was legitimate, and it, and it yeah. still is. So, I mean, until they kind of address those two things, it's hard for this thing to, to really get going. And you know, I know Russ is up here taking a lot of heat. And, you know, is he a franchise quarterback and should we pay him? And, you know, you know how fans will turn on you after, you know, two straight losses it, it on looks the road. Bad so. for us. And, and I don't know if, 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 and let's just play this. I mean, we're giving these guys far too much time than they deserve this season, but um, let's just play this out. If, in, in fact, they wanted to make Russ the hero of the Super Bowl and, and decided to pass and not run the ball, um, why are they not? giving him the tools so he can be the best he can be um, is i.e. offensive linemen, i.e. wide receivers. Why, why would you not go after Josh Gordon? Why? I thought that was Pete Carroll's type of deal. Go after the, the struggle, the struggle player to kind of make him look good. And then also put another uh, feather in his cap. Why would, why would you leave your guy hanging like that? And that's what it appears to me. It's kind of like what um, what Cam Newton went through when they refused to get him offensive weapons some years ago and just continue to run him in the ground. Um, and sadly enough, we see what happened to Andrew Luck, who you want to talk about later, but when the team refused to get him some adequate linemen, 
he was injured. He he sat out. A, I mean, he he was out a whole year plus. So I, I just don't understand. I'm sure it's not for it's not for lack of trying, but come on, guys, it's not, it's unacceptable to not have gotten a uh, Russell uh, adequate number one receiver in when they go to the Super Bowl in 2014. 15 now is 18 is unacceptable now to not have have this guy in, in your fold. It's unacceptable to have this piss poor offensive lineman when I knew you knew my niece knew that this offensive line was terrible. You guys can't do anything about it. They brought in uh, Brown last week or last year be, just luckily because uh, the owner basically um you know, uh, uh, disrespected the whole team, and he just like I'm not getting back on that plane. So that was, you know, that might have been the they were kind of fortunate time and place for everything, right? But um, I, I just think it's it's unacceptable um, for this regime to have to do this to Russell Wilson, and and it's going to go on should Russell be traded. So the Seahawks team, it's all going to look bad on Russell. And if that's your guy, why would you why would you do this to him? Well, I don't think they're going to tank the season. I, I think that they're far too uber competitive to do anything like that. Um, with regards to the Josh Gordon situation, I don't think it's a good idea to bring someone that has substance abuse issues, <clears throat> excuse me, to a, a state where marijuana is legal. Um, just considering that if, if he, you know, is around too many, uh, you know, smoke shops, uh, you know, your, your guy is basically you know, out of the league. So I don't think this was the environment that he could really flourish or handle. I think it's uh, a little too free-spirited, a little too liberal. I think uh, much more of a structured regiment over there in Patriot land with Bill Belichick, where, uh, you know, they want to know your every move every 10 minutes. Um, it's much better for him um, with regards to never getting a receiver or establishing a solid offensive line. It just comes back to the the fact that they just invested so much in their defense that they just didn't have a lot of resources to do a lot of other things. And so maybe that was a, you know, gets in a curse. You know, when you have the best defense in the league um, for five years, you know, historically good, you know, top five all time by anybody's <laughs> estimation, then it's, it's, it's not quite as difficult to make plays. Um, you don't have as much pressure on yourself. You don't. You're not forced to think, man. We got to score 25 points. You're more like, let's keep it. You know, if we can get 17 to 20, you have a really good chance of winning. So, not ever replacing Marshawn Lynch has been an issue. The running game hasn't been good. The offensive line hasn't been good. Russ never really has a clean pocket to throw from and it's do ter- things. It's um, terrible. It's- since since Marshawn Lynch, I was mean, there. it's terrible. Even when Marshawn Lynch was there, I mean. Some of his best runs that we we're most familiar with, he had to break tackles to, and that's what made his run so fantastic. Is that he shed a lot of tackles, ran over a lot of players, and just used brute strength, brute strength to get it done. So the offensive line has never been great, but it's a shame and it's a pity that it's it's been going on for so, for so long. Um, well, let's talk about somebody who's getting it done, and that's uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. And this is exactly what I've been calling for. Uh, all of last season, as you might recall, at least half of the season. Let somebody go down the field, go up the field, whatever you want to say, put the ball in the air. And that's what this kid does. Are you impressed with this kid? Or is he a system quarterback? Or are you just a talent around him? You talk to me. You tell me what you think about Mr. Patrick Mahomes. I am as extremely impressed, Mr. Mahomes, 
Um, I, I was the recipient of a beat down last week when I played someone in fantasy football that had Mahomes. I was the recipient of a beat down this week when someone was playing Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I never, ever expected him to believe do it. Or not, to believe Chargers. it or not, I that had Patrick Mahomes just... and lost last week. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Must, must have had Philip Dorsett at receiver no, or my uh... team, my team, my team <laughs> was pretty bad, or something. I had, Dors- I had uh, Mahomes and lost. Anyway, I didn't start to cut you off. No problem. So then, you know, to duplicate that performance and actually surpass it, going to uh, Pittsburgh, going to Heinz Field. My goodness. I mean, you can't help but love what the kid is doing. I mean, he has no fear. He has a, a tremendous amount of poise. And you're seeing his ability to spread the ball around to all of his weapons. I mean, you know, nobody's, you know, everybody's eating yeah. out there. You know, Watkins and his, Hill is getting his, Kareem is getting his, Kelsey's getting his. I mean, even Anthony Thomas is getting his. I mean, everybody is getting touches. And they're just flourishing right now. Their their offense is looking, you know, on par with, you know, let let's just say the 1999 St. Louis Rams. You know, I'm not going to say they're the greatest show on turf. Of course, they're far from that. But right now, they're looking like the best well, offense in the NFL. They're, they're the best offense in the NFL right now. We as we move into week three, I'll give them that. Um, they have so many weapons. Uh, you you went down the list already, but they they have a tight end. They have two receivers. They have a running back who can catch out the backfield, and, and who can run the ball, mind you. They they're explosive, and they have a um, uh, offensive coordinator who's going to go downfield, who's going to call plays to let his quarterback go downfield, and that's the best part about it. And until playoff time until December when you know sphincters sphincters start to get tight we're going to see a lot of uh, points from uh, this Kansas City ball club and um, this is exactly what I was calling for last year to see a team who had weapons to instead of your receiver uh, instead of your quarterback playing conservatively your quarterback letting it loose and that's what this kid's doing is just letting it loose Um, I thought this was an easy win uh on Sunday, everybody's talking about what Pittsburgh has done and who they are. And Pittsburgh, we know they're they're not the steel curtain from years ago. Um, Pittsburgh gives up a lot of points, and if you have somebody who's going to th- who can throw the ball, Pittsburgh sadly is uh, it's unexplain it's unexplainable. Um, but Pittsburgh sadly has become a team that will give up a lot of points. They have Big Ben and they have AB and they have, you know, uh, Le'Veon Bell, who's on jet skiing right now in, in, in South Beach. But I, I expect him to be back before too long. Um, they they have a talented offense, but their defense has been poor. It's too bad Ryan, uh, Ryan Shazier went down because he was some, some similar to Hope, but their defense has been really bad and getting worse. And so I thought this was a big game for – I thought it was an easy win for Mahomes and who went in there and just lit him up. And I think he actually put Tomlin on the hot seat. What do you think about that? And everything else that's going on. Well, yeah, I think with – you know, we already know that the Le'Veon Brown situation – excuse me, Le'Veon Bell situation has been a distraction. But then once you throw the Antonio Brown situation into it as well, I mean, those are your two best players on, on offense and probably – the two best players on your team and you're, you're having issues with them. Um, there have been questions as to how much control 
over the team. Coach Tomlin has, um, you know, he's been labeled a player's coach. That's never a great thing. If you're not winning and winning at a very high level, then being a player's coach is great. When you're losing, it's the worst thing in the world. So um, I'm not quite sure how things have transpired um, from the end of last year to now where everything is in such a chaotic state, but they're in a bad place and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. Um, I hope they're able to turn around and be competitive. You know, the Steelers have always been, you know, the model franchise of stability, you know, as we all know that, you know, the history, they've only had what three coaches in the last 50 years. So, you know, they always seem to do things the right way and get the right players that fit their system. And, you know, they seem to persevere and at least are, you know, in the conversation as to who is going to go to the Super Bowl. So to kind of see them out of their element and uh, regressing as, as quickly as they have is, is somewhat surprising. But uh, I think with another, you know, two to three losses in the next three to four games, that yeah, that seat's getting pretty warm. Uh, I think the seat should be warm already. That's my personal opinion. They have they have the Bucks and your guy high flying Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick coming up on Monday, and <laughs> we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick's about. I just mentioned somebody who's gonna cut it loose and who's gonna go up the field with no conscience, and um, they just saw a young guy like that. Now they get a veteran like that. And and the cool thing about this veteran coming in is he has veteran receivers. The Seahawks lost to the Bears, and we talked about this was a bad loss for the Steelers. But Eagles and the Bucks last week <clears throat> was that a bad loss for the Eagles or a good win for the Buccaneers? How do you uh, see that game and? your thoughts on the Buccaneers and their season thus far? Well, that's not a good win for the uh, Buccaneers. That's a great win for the Buccaneers. Um, They were a team that after their starting quarterback, and I will repeat that, their starting quarterback was suspended for the first four games. Everyone was predicting an 0-4 start to the season, and that the suspension basically – ended the, any chances of, of making the playoffs for the Bucks. guy named Ryan Fitzpatrick has come off the bench and just been lighting it up. First off, beating the high-powered New Orleans Saints in the Mercedes-Benz Dome, you know, down there in, uh, you know, Mardi Gras land, and then beating the defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, they're making Deshaun Jackson – Look like he's right. back at Cal. Right. Right. <laughs> Mr. Evans, look like he's back at A&M, just pushing everybody smaller off him. Uh, they're doing it with no running game. They're throwing to O.J. Howard. And, I mean, it's not going to play in great defense, but, they're, they have, you know, they have, they, they it's have a bit, but don't break. Good linebackers down there. Um, they are bit, but don't break. Uh, as I talked about last week, Fitzpatrick is just going to put it in the air. And – Clearly, he has he has developed a rapport with the receivers. Um, when when he wears his receivers uh, chains to the press conference, clearly. Okay, may I, yeah, may, yeah. may I interject here, yeah. real quick? This is this is the, this is the second week that you've disrespected Mr. Fitzpatrick. You make it seem like 
He's just grabbing the football and just throwing it up in the air. And just, and just seeing what happens, like 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 he's flying a kite or something, man. He's he's putting the ball where the ball needs to be. He's putting his playmakers in a position to make plays. I mean, he's enigmatic what, what, right now. What, he's lightning. May, 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 may I give you a quote from what, uh, one of his yeah, star yeah, receivers yeah, said? Yeah. Okay. He said, you can't take you the can't. hot man out. Get the hot, get the hot you, fire you right now. It's like you, NBA Jam. Who's ever got the hot fire, fire shot? You keep shooting, man. He's keep shooting. on fire. But... But you're making it seem like he's just chucking it up there just blindly like he's playing darts from 50 yards out or something. I, I mean, he may as well be. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, man. Come on. Give him some weapons and see what he can I'm do. Sorry. It's eerily I'm reminiscent, eerily I'm reminiscent I'm of the Minnesota Vikings of 1999 I'm when a guy named Randall Cunningham came off the bench and took a team what, to the what NFC year, Championship. 15 what, and what one. year is Ryan Fitzpatrick? What year is this? For him, I'm just why does that matter? I just asked a question. What year? I have no, I have no idea what year this is. Probably more than ten. It's probably more, 10, more than 10, ten. Ten plus. So, that's, so a, that's a pretty good sample size of which who you are, and what you'll be in the league, right? <clears throat> Correct. That's a pretty good sample size. When has Ryan? Piz, when has Ryan Fitzpatrick? Been the starting quarterback, leading his team to a playoff berth. Ask that question in a different way. When has Ryan Fitzpatrick been surrounded with the type of talent that he has right now oh, in Tampa Bay? Stop it. I'm pretty sure it wasn't in New York, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't in Houston, which were his last two stops: uh, Houston, Tennessee, Buffalo, Cincinnati, St. Louis. Okay, yeah, listen to that list. Come on. Listen to that list you just right. said. Last week I told you there was a good confluence of circumstances that has this guy hot as fire, hot as fish grease, excuse me. He he has quality receivers, as it has been proven in the league. The receivers have a better track record, track record than a quarterback would say. I, I I think you would agree with that. The receivers, two receivers, Evans and or Deshaun Jackson has a better track record than the quarterback. Correct? Would you? Agree? I'll give you. I, I will give you that. I, I will agree with that. So then, when the quarterback comes in here with the special talent to just throw it deep, that's the best thing he does. He's not. He's. If he was Chad Pennington, he would have been a lot. He would have been. We would have seen some playoff games before him. Before. See, see, you're making it seem like like Fitzpatrick is like Jay Schrader or or Kyle Bowler or you know Jake Locker. Like he can just just throw this ball like 60 yards down the field. Like that's all he can do. Like this one direction, one time, and he just got a real strong arm. It's not accurate, and it just goes all over the place. But if you run that deep route, he got. He does. He can throw deep. He can throw a deep in. He can throw the deep out. He he can Fitzpatrick can throw the ball, and he will throw he will throw the ball up to you. There was a couple times in the game on Sunday where the the defender actually should have got a pick, but he did get the pick, and that's what happens when 
you have Mighty Mo on your side and things work well for you. But Fitzpatrick has been in the league 13 years, man. Come on. It, it doesn't – he's not going to come in here like um, – he's not coming in here like Randall Cunningham. I, I don't think I, – I don't – I don't think he's obviously not as good as Randall Cunningham. I do get your point where the team can kind of get on the roll. He can be the Brad Johnson is, a think, a better example of who he, who he can be, um, the quarterback he was, because they were still a good team with Brad Johnson. He just wasn't the Randall Cunningham, which you were expecting out of that Minnesota team. Um, that's about your ceiling. And stop it with – he's not going to do this all season long. I don't expect it. I could be wrong. Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback. If I remember correctly, I think Fitzpatrick has something to do with, with with me winning my first fantasy championship. I think I pulled him in in Buffalo. He was went on a hot streak with the last six games of the season like that, if I remember correctly. Um, so I do have some love for, for Fitzpatrick, but just let's not get carried away. He's put in a good situation. He has some great receivers to throw to, and what he's going to do, he's going to put it up and throw it to those guys. That's something that obviously Jamison wasn't doing because they weren't go, they weren't getting these big chunks and big plays like they're doing. They weren't getting that from Jamison Winston, and so obviously the receivers, when the receivers say you got to ride the hot hand, uh, Jamison, uh, <laughs> Jamison, you might better talk to your realtor buddy because it's not looking so hot for you in Tampa. I don't think they should throw. I don't think they should just throw him away. I think that'd be um, going a, a bit too far. But oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Do, do you know? Do you know what that offensive coordinator? You know what that offensive room is saying right now? They're like, what the hell are we doing? Following that crab leg stealing dude from Tampa when we could have been having a regular quarterback that knows what the hell he's doing and look what our offense can do. Damn. Well, that'll that'll be if they if they toss him like that, I I'll be surprised if they get rid of him like that. I won't be surprised if Fitzpatrick plays to week ten or eleven or twelve. I won't be surprised if that's the case. I would be surprised at the end of the season, regardless how they finish. If they if unless Fitzpatrick took him to the NFC championship, I, I'd be surprised that be the re, I wouldn't be surprised at that point if they let Jameis go. Outside of Cam, if, if there's if there's not a major injury, if there's not a major injury, be surprised if Jameis Winston sees the field this season. Okay, and and at this point, if Fitzpatrick keeps lighting it up the way he is, the Bucks are in the playoffs. So what do you need with Jameis? Jameis Winston. The Bucks can get in the playoffs. I'm talking. I'm looking at now. Now you're going to take a quarterback who's in going into a 14th year who led you. Let's say they go to the playoff. Let's say they win their division. Now, now, okay. now at the end of the season, you're going to have a quarterback. They're not winning the Super Bowl. I think you would agree with that. Let's just say they win their division. They get in the first round of playoffs. They win a win. They win their wild card game. They win a wild card game, losing the division, division divisional playoffs. At that point, you're saying Fitzpatrick or, or Jameis. You're saying the 24-year-old, 25-year-old, whatever he is, 25, 26, versus this 34-year-old. Who are you choosing? The 34-year-old. That's a tough decision. I'd be surprised if they make that decision. I'd be, I'd be very surprised okay. if they make that decision. We'll see what happens, though. Um, I'm not, but I'm not rooting against Fitzpatrick. I just don't think this is long-term. 
next season, I'd be very surprised if he's starting the season as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting quarterback next season going into this year. I'll say that for sure. I'd be very surprised if that's if that's the case. But he let him ride the wave. I'd ride the wave too. You can't you can't you can't change him. You can't um you can't bring Jameis back now. You gotta ride the wave. Jaguars bad a good win for the Jaguars, a bad loss for the Patriots. Very good win for the Jaguars. They got over that psychological hump. They know they can beat the team that is the team to beat. Um, it wasn't close. It wasn't really a very competitive game. They pretty much beat the snot piss out of them uh, and didn't let Brady do his thing, didn't let the running game get going, heard little or nothing from Gronkowski. Um, it's very rare that you see the Patriots get beat in the fashion that they got beat on Sunday. So it's got to be a good win for them. I think the Patriots didn't expect them to be so professional, so meticulous, so efficient on offense, so stingy on defense. Um, they didn't really respect them as one of the teams, one of the rivals, one of the places that they had to really fear, and it cost them. Yeah, it was uh, – <clears throat> it, as, you, as you stated, it, you don't see this too often where um, the New England Patriots get beat in just about every facet of the game. Uh, missing tackles, blown assignments. It was a bad game for the Patriots, uh, and the Jaguars dominated. Um, without without uh, Fournette, they're – their lead bell cow running back. So that was very impressive performance by them. And we'll see if they can keep this continued. Blake Bortles stood up and he gained a lot of credibility and recognition from the rest of the league. Uh, so uh, kudos to him. Great job by the um, Jaguars by shutting down that Patrick's team. <clears throat> We're going to take a little break now. <clears throat> uh, the people are what's going Uh, the people at What's Good in Sports want to want to talk to you, talk to the fans, and make sure you guys tune into the website. Every Cleveland, have you seen the what, What's Good in Sports website? Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Lots of uh, positive stories and lots of great content. Um, the people they told me uh, personally, make sure you guys go visit the website. So please, when you get a chance after the show, check out What's Good in What's Good in Sports dot com website. Confidence picks review, sir. Uh, you did a good job this week. Denver looking good. Atlanta got you a win. The Chargers, New Orleans, and the Rams got you a win. I had the Rams, New Orleans, Chargers. I had Kansas City, and I had Miami. Miami's 2-0, by the way. I'm not sure if you knew that or not. Miami, Adam Gase, Ryan Tannehill look like they're doing some special things down there. Uh, they they got a win over your, your Jets. We talked about Chicago and Seattle. Um, the game that kind of surprised everybody was we talked about Fitzpatrick and, and the Buccaneers, their win over the Eagles. But how about the the Colts getting a win? We both had Washington. How about Colts and Andrew Luck? You want to give him some recognition uh, for once? Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the Redskins are in transition Go. right now. They're, 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 they're going to have some ups <laughs> and downs. Uh, they're going to have some peaks and valleys. Um, 
congratulations to Mr. Luck for being able to take advantage of circumstances as they were uh, yeah. and, and, and come out and come out with a victory. Uh, unfortunately, Alex Smith wasn't really himself. Um, you know, all day didn't really get a chance to get as many carries and as many advantageous opportunities as he usually does. So, you know, they made the Colts defense look much better than they really are. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton, you know, he had the Stevie, you know, took the Stevie Wonder glasses off, caught a few balls. So, you know, I, I guess we call that a good win. Okay. If, if okay. Want. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, Andrew Lux, you're happy to hear that you weren't too harsh on him. How about one guy? Um, you know, it's not too often you see a team beat another team into submission. Um, we talked about how the Jaguars handled the Patriots pretty good. We, the Bears. Handle. I mean, that was a putrid. That was a tough watch, actually, on Monday night. Or yeah, on Monday night. That was a tough watch. Uh, both them teams were struggling. Uh, the Bears had manhandled, uh, manhandled the Seahawks off the line. We talked about that at nauseum. But then the Seahawks defense played. The uh, Griffin coming up with two picks was pretty some good play. Um, but the Chargers over the Bills. Um, we didn't talk. We both had the Chargers winning that game as we expected them to win that game. But the Chargers in the first half, they beat a player into retirement. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Never, ever heard of such a thing. And I've, I've read a few of his explanations, and it still makes absolutely no sense. I mean, to have an epiphany like that um, with 47 seconds left in the second quarter and just never, ever return to the field ever again, I mean, it's – you know, I, I guess from you know, a fan standpoint, um, just quitting on your team like that. But I mean, from a businessman standpoint, that might be one of the most unprofessional things I've ever seen in sports. I mean, how do you just get into your street clothes and call an Uber and just leave at halftime? I mean, didn't you just practice? All, didn't you just make plays out here? I mean, what is what is wrong with you, man? Even if even if you feel like you don't have anything left to give to the game, at least give it for the rest of the game. I mean, you don't have to and then, and then stop. I mean, you don't have, you don't to, have to get no more. You know, you don't have to appease and please everyone else. But I mean, my goodness. Now, I went to work. I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, give you a story real quick. Now I went to work. knowing I was quitting the job. No, I went to work. It was a Friday. I knew I was starting a new job on Monday, but I wanted to finish out the week so I could get a, get my paycheck. So okay. I'm going to work on Friday knowing this is my last day. I didn't tell anybody, but knowing today is my last day at work. I, I, lollygagged, okay. my, I lollygagged all day long. I did. I hid from work. I did. I was working on a job job site in uh, Georgia. I I stayed at work. I hid. I farted around as much as I could all day long just trying to make it from 7 to 3.30. I was hiding behind trees. I was walking behind um, um uh, garage shacks, you know, I was doing anything I could to get through the eight hours. Bro, you got to sit through a game. You, you're at a game. You could say my feet hurt. You could say uh, my shoulder, I hurt my shoulder. Tell the doctor, hey, my shoulder, I can't go. You can sit and sit on the bench for another hour and a half. Bro, what the, what, what is, what's really going on, man? That, that was uh, Vontae Davis, man. Um, I hope I hope his brother called him. I hope his coaches called him. I hope somebody talked to him, man. I, I don't think he's going to be welcome back on the Bills, but you retired, man. You walked away from great opportunity, and I think he's going to regret it and 
um, clearly is not no contention on a Hall of Fame or anything, but I I, I just think he kind of shit on his career um, and the recognition that he got because now he's going to be looked at as somebody who just kind of quit, and and that's unfortunate. And, and certainly he could have handled that situation a lot better, um, a lot better than he did. Uh, so going into this week, man, we got some big games coming up this week. Well, excuse me to go to review our picks. Ten picks to eight, ten picks to eight. Again, I win another week in a row. Uh, three of my picks against the spread to one pick against the spread. So take a, a controlling uh, five to two lead there against your picks against the spread, and then maintain a lead against the picks overall. So uh, once again, it's undecided what exactly my award is going to be, but uh, once again, I, I'm going to win anyway. We got some big games coming up this week. Uh, a couple of big games that I'm looking towards are the Saints and the Falcons. Um, te- the Titans and the Jaguars. Now, we just talked about the Jaguars, you know, knocking up, punching the, the bully in the mouth. Um, the Titans coming to town. In this game, the spread is even. That I'm, I'm kind of confused. I, expect, I would expect this to be a tough football game, an in-division rival, but I wouldn't expect this to be an even matchup. Well, anything you got to say about that one? Um, the only thing that I can say is that I guess the rest of the, uh, you know, betting populace or the ones that make the spreads are assuming that the Jaguars are going to have a huge letdown and that they'll feel like they've accomplished too much too soon, maybe be a little bit too full of themselves and just not replicate the same intensity and you know, execution of their game plan as they did against the the Patriots. I mean, I think that if they do, um, they have a really good chance of beating the Titans, who aren't a very good team. So, yeah, that that was a little bit of a a, a puzzlement as far as the spread goes. Um, but I really do think that the Jaguars, at least for the time being, feel like they're for real, and that this would be a good game for them to capitalize on the success they had against the Patriots. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. On a side note, uh, I'm going to be right there in Hooters, man. Um, probably uh, South Center this weekend watching these games, man. You're more than welcome. Come join me. Um, I'm going to miss the Chargers, the battle of the lay, the Chargers and the Rams. It's, it's not really a battle, but on paper to, to people outside of L.A. going to call this the battle of the lay, but it's really no battle. Um, the the Chargers aren't aren't welcomed here in Los Angeles, number one. And then the Rams are so much better. It, it's um, number two. I don't know if you heard it the other day, but uh, less need, not less need, excuse me, the owner, Spanos, of the Chargers mentioned he has a pretty good deal with the Rams going on at the new stadium and they have a joint partnership, um, which is pretty, which was rather hysterical because he's a renter in the Rams new stadium. So to say it's a joint partnership is, is, uh, is, is, is hysterical in itself, but um, he's, he's renting his uh, space from Stan Kroenke every Sunday, um, every Sunday during their home games. They're having trouble filling the soccer stadium right now. It's going to be very um, demoralizing when they have to field 
uh, fill a 65-seat arena a stadium, this new stadium, and they have empty stadium, it's going to be a, a, absolutely incredible because it won't be a home game. And this weekend is is going to be uh it's going to be an absolute massacre. Apparently, there's some bad blood between the the Rams front office and the Chargers front office. So if the Rams get get their opportunity to kind of put their foot on the throats of the Chargers, they will do that. And um, just by the team by personnel on the team, we know that Philip Rivers is uh, very familiar with Akeem Talib and. Marcus Peters, as they both played in the division for uh, several years now. So they are licking their chops, knowing that they have a, a pass rush that Phillip Rivers is going to throw the ball quick and short. And what is that going to, what is that going to lead to? Uh, probably a couple pick sixes. So uh, that game is going to be kind of very interesting uh, to watch and, um, and, and enjoy. I have the Rams winning that game pretty easily. They're seven, seven and a half point spreads. I think they'll clear that pretty easily. Uh, we agree on most of these games coming up this week. I do have the Bengals over the Panthers at home in Carolina. Um, you have Carolina, not sure why, but can you explain to me why you have the Baltimore Ravens over the Denver Broncos? I have Broncos over, and the Ravens are five points. I don't understand what the hype over the Ravens, but I have Denver over the Bron or Denver over the Ravens. Why do you have the Ravens? Sure, because I've seen Case Keenum play the last two games. Um, he's very careless with the football. Um, the Seahawks defense is not really all that stellar, but they did have three picks against Case Keenum. Should have won that game. We talked about that a few weeks ago, but let's not let's not rehash old things. Um, Again, he barely got past the Raiders. Um, again, not a very good team. And I just don't think Baltimore is as bad as they looked on Thursday. Um, I think they were a little bit embarrassed about how things transpired that game. I think that they bounce back at home and uh, make some things happen. They neutralize Von Miller a little bit more than he has been the last couple of games. There's, as, as we've always talked about, there's more and more film on this Lindsay character. I'm not sold on him. He had two pretty good games. I actually, okay, I shouldn't say that because I actually have tried to go out in fantasy and get him a couple times just to be, uh, you know, besmirched at the door, so to speak. Um, he's kind of filthy, but I think there's a little bit too much film on him right now, and they're they're just going to make the adjustments, man. I just don't think the Ravens are as bad as they looked on uh, Thursday, and I don't think that the Broncos are indicative of a real solid 2-0 team. I think they're a little bit of a facade, and I think they're going to get exposed. Okay. Well, good explanation there. Lindsey is, um, is a product of uh, opportunity. Um, he's in a place where they need you know, running game still is, is still crucial in the game, and they don't have a bell call back. So need a bell call back. So anybody up there who can get some production, just, just like the Seahawks, anybody up there who can get some production, probably going get to the, get the majority of the carries there. Um, I have uh, two 0-2 teams, the Giants versus the Texans. They have the Texans as a seven-point uh, seven favorite. I have the Giants winning this game. Um, why, do you, why are you so confident in Houston? What makes you confident in Houston, I should say? Sure, I was watching the uh, the Sunday night game and the Giants offense, even with Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr., looked horrible. The the uh, Dallas Cowboys defense is not that great. 
Uh, Mark Florence is a pretty good pass rusher, but other than that, um, they don't really have a whole lot to you know hang their head on. And the Giants couldn't move the ball at all. Um, uh, defense, they were fairly fairly stout, but I think a, a mobile quarterback like Deshaun Watson will get out of the pocket, make some plays, um, throw the ball to Deshaun Watson. Excuse me, to uh, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, will follow the fifth. And I think that they'll just be able to score more points than the Giants. I just don't have a lot of confidence in that offense, to be quite honest. Well, they did, uh, in retrospect, good points. They did probably make the Cowboys look better than they were. Um, uh, I was chalking that up to uh, to Cowboys being at home and emotionally wanting to win that game. Uh, but good points on you. Um, we'll see how it shakes out. Well, that's one of the games we differ on. We'll see how things shake out. I'm expecting a breakthrough between uh, Eli, um, Eli Beckham and – uh, Barkley, I'm expecting those guys are going to have to. They're due for a big game uh, at the same on the same day, so I expect it to happen here fairly soon. <clears throat> Mr. Cleavon, been fantastic, man. Thanks for tuning in. Another fantastic show, man. We got week three coming up in a couple of days. Well, starting tomorrow, actually. We get the, you know, you can take your wife out on a date. Make sure she knows football's on. Say, hey, babe, you know, I'm gonna turn this game off. And take her out on date. You'll get some points tomorrow because you got the biplanes and the Browns. You're not going to miss nothing. We're, we're, we're excited about that game there. Um, so go out and get you some cool points tomorrow, man. Enjoy the weekend. And then we'll talk to you on uh, next week. Well, one, one more thing. I'm going to be in town, man. I'm going to hit you up. I'm going to be in town this weekend. I get on a plane tomorrow, actually. So let's talk about it. Let's All do right, that, bro. Later. All right, talk to you. Peace.